So you might be thinking to yourself, Rob, you've introduced so many different technologies, different cloud-based technologies, apps that we can use in our pharmacy. But what about what we've currently got, our dispense and point of sale system? There hasn't been traditionally a whole lot of innovation in that space. What can we do to get more out of them and what things can we do to innovate with them? Well, in this episode, we answer that by inviting Hua and Nam Pham from Z Software to explore all the possibilities that are available to you in your dispense and POS systems. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 66. That's two-thirds of a century, which is absolutely fantastic. Time does fly when you're having fun. We've got a big show today. We're going to have time for a check-in with you, and I'm going to combine that with our transformation motivational quote of the week. You'll find out why very, very soon. Big announcement. I'm going to introduce this week's show sponsors. Yes, show sponsors. A listener comment which absolutely blew me away and I think will uh, motivate you to get stuck in with a fantastic tool. And the evolution of dispense and point of sale systems. I think, as I mentioned in the introduction, we quite often take it for granted that what we have is as good as it gets. But as we find out today, there is so much more that we can expect and so much more innovation available to us as well. I know you're going to love it. Before we we get into it, I just wanted to thank you for such an overwhelming interest in last week's episode. Um, I was a little nervous doing a solo show. I haven't done one of those in a while. We did do a question and answer back in episode 32, uh, but that was pre-recorded from the uh, Pham- Pharmacy Freedom, which of course was the transformation book launch last year. So I probably hadn't done one since about, uh, probably about episode 8, which is uh, so, so long away. Um, and um, it was fantastic response. And and it's easily been probably the most adopted show that we've had of recent times. Uh, I think we're close to 210 listeners in the first few days, which are absolutely remarkable. So thank you for that. And also for some fantastic comments about it as well, because we do look outside of pharmacy to find inspiration and innovation. And um, hopefully in last week's episode, you're able to see how that can be applied to you and your business. So how's your week been? Has it been a good one? Obviously, the dust is now settling on the six CPA. So have you got your strategic plan in place? Are you thinking what's going to happen in the next five years? What are the extra professional services you're going to have to do? What are you going to make provision for? So what are you going to do differently? And that's what brings me to the transformation motivational quote of the week, which typically we've drawn these from previous guests on the show, but I wanted to invite Albert Einstein uh, to inspire you today, um, which is, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used to create them. 
And really, the way, where my take on that is that we've seen our industry change so much in the last 15, 16 years that we just simply cannot run our businesses the same way they were run 15, 16 years ago. We can't be thinking the same way. We can't be thinking that retail is something that will look after itself and our dispensaries, well, we just have to show up and people will turn up. It's uh, not, not working like that anymore. And certainly, even from our systems in our business, as we'll talk about today with Hua and Nam from Z Software, we can expect so much more from them and there's so much more capability that you can get out of them. Um, and that's really where it comes down to. So, you know, my example, as, as it was with last week, is that I look outside the industry for solutions that I can bring to you, like in last week's show, but more closer to home. It's also why I love listening and reading all of your comments and feedback, whether it comes through email, social media, um, to drive this show because it's created for you, the motivated pharmacy owner. And what I do as my role is to source those best experts and best solutions to bring to you to answer those feedback and questions. But conversely, how would you like to have a fresh perspective on your current business? Are you seeing opportunities or are you just too close to it and the emotion of what's happened in the last few years is all too much? So if you'd like to do what over 100 pharmacy owners have now done, take the Pharmacy Freedom Index. It's free. There is no obligation, no cost to it whatsoever. It takes only about seven minutes to complete on any device. You don't have to be in front of a computer to do it and you'll get an instant report that'll benchmark your business against your colleagues and also highlight your biggest opportunities in nine critical areas. So to do that, really, really simple, just go to pharmacyfreedomindex.com and I'm here for you if you'd like to explore and create your plan together. So big announcement, I did promise that, and that is that issue two of the Transformation Magazine is out next week, more specifically on June 9th. So I wanted to give you a little preview is what you're going to get. It's a little different to the Transformation Show, Obviously, not all of us like to listen to my dulcet tones every week. Some of us just like to read a little summary article and get a flavor and overview. And that's exactly what you'll get in nine critical areas of the Transformation Magazine. We've innovated, we've improved, as you'd expect with something that's uh, so heavily driven by technology as a way to automate and accelerate our results. So we've improved the navigation. So if you were flipping through it last time, you probably would have noticed we had about 48 to 50 pages which was a lot of pages and that was the feedback we got. So it's down to 34 pages this time and you don't need to flip all the way through to the right article. All you use is the table of contents as your home base and you can always go back and forth from it and I'll explain to you how you do that. So from the table of contents, there are gonna be embedded links so you can click on every single article and you'll go straight to that article. You don't need to flip all the way through, you'll go straight to that article and if you wanna go back to the home base, really easy, there's a back to contents page button at the bottom of every page. So hopefully that improves the experience for you as well. We've color coded it to make it a little bit easier to follow as to which articles related to which section. And there's also some links to the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which we just spoke about, uh, where you can benchmark yourself um, in each of those nine critical areas as well. So hopefully you'll take a whole lot of value out of that and apply some knowledge of how you can improve in those critical areas as well. But there are five reasons why you should read this issue. There's enough about the functionality. You're more interested in what it's gonna teach you, what you can learn from it, and what, more importantly, you can apply to your business. So the five 
best, best reasons I found was Brian Walker. He'll write your prescription for retail success. We identify that's an area we're not very strong, and he's one of our leading Australian retail experts, and he gives us his prescription for our retail success. With Doctor on Demand exploding in the US through telehealth, Kathy Reid explores a new world of telehealth and pharmacy of how she's doing that with Epic Digital and also Epic Pharmacy in her businesses as well. We've got ability to unlock hidden secrets of pharmacy payroll as we spoke about with Tracy Angwin back in episode 56. There are so many things we can unlock from payroll in terms of hidden cash flow or hidden burdens in our business and Michael Hazilius from Easy Employer is going to take that to a whole new level for us as well. We've got Wimbertard from Farmingage who's going to share with you how you can add 22% to your bottom line next financial year. Absolutely brilliant tips. And if you've been wondering about what is all this noise about big data, firstly, what is it in real language and how is it useful to me, then you'll love the simple explanation that Mike DeGama from Nostradama will get, Nostradata, mind you, will give you. And also, that leads us to this week's sponsor. So this week's sponsor is Dose Innovations, and uh, they've been great supporters of all things transformation over the last 24 months, and uh, they've, they've been this week's weekly sponsor. So with the signing of the six CPA all done and dusted, it is now very clear that our profit per prescription is continuing to fall. But what we've noticed is that most pharmacies haven't reduced their labour cost per prescription effectively. So it's not simply about installing a robot or just removing people and getting rid of them and automatically making yourself more efficient and more operationally efficient, mind you. It's about maximising all of these one percenters that can yield big results in your business. And Robert shares four of these with us in issue two of Transformation Magazine. But to learn more of these and to fully unlock the potential of your pharmacy, give Robert and one of his consultants a call or, or an email and just a tip it's heading up to the end of the financial year so they're offering unbeatable deals on their full range of solutions so for more information head across to doseinnovations.com and we'll put a link in the show notes as well Fantastic listener comment I got this week. It was one of those ones that I just had to say, wow, I want to share it with everyone on the show because it really does show what can happen when you can implement a solution very, very well. And that came from Sharon in Queensland and she wrote to me, Dear Robert, I'm back in the pharmacy this week and I had a chance to install LastPass Enterprise, which for most of us would remember, and I'll put a link in the show notes, we spoke about all the way back in episode six of how it can actually save you one and a half hours a week. And that's what I was, that's the stat that I had uh, from the results that I got in businesses. So already I've discovered many websites I couldn't access before and it's so quick that you can really would check certain dashboards and pharmacy indicators on a daily basis where I wouldn't previously. Wow, I think I'm saving 45 minutes a week is a very conservative estimate indeed. Many thanks, Sharon Baker. Absolutely fantastic, Sharon. I love hearing that. I just love that you've implemented it so well. And even a few colleagues I've been speaking to in the last few weeks have gotten great results of how it's improved the productivity in her t- in their team and obviously your team as well. So absolutely fantastic, Sharon. I'll put a link in the show notes for everyone if you'd like to have a look at what LastPass can do for you. 
Essentially, it's going to streamline so many of the internet connected services that you may be thinking, I need to put post-it notes up on the screen for the passwords. It might be project stop. It might be AMH, MIMS, might be your banking passwords, might be your Symbian, API, Sigma account details, and how it's so much more secure to put that into a portal that sits on your internet browser, Chrome being my favorite, and automatically pre-fills all of those sites before you can even say last, before you get to pass. So it's very, very quick, and uh, you'll never realize how you operated the internet without it. So absolutely fantastic, Sharon. Great implementation. I love it. And also, this show is also brought to you today by Audible. We've been speaking about audiobooks in the last few weeks, and they've been really happy with, uh, I guess, how we've embraced audiobooks, particularly on the Transformation Show. So they'd like to support us. Um, So for you, as the listeners of the Transformation Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I'm listening to The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday at the moment, which you can also download, or another audiobook by, for free by trialing audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash transformation for your free audiobook. And I'll put a link in the show notes for you to just click on and you'll be in there before you can say audible. So we've got a big show today. We've got Hua and Nam Pham from Z Software. And they may not be that well known to you. They're only quite new. You may have even known them from Dispense It, as I quite often refer to it as Dispense IT um, in, in the past. And uh, they've got some a fantastic take on where Dispense and point of sale systems are going. I know you're going to enjoy it. We talk a lot about some of the future implications being cloud. When are we going to get there? How can we utilize tablets better in the, in the, in the pharmacy? And also tackle some of those really buggy issues of particularly when we're having to manage inventory in the pharmacy, how we can maintain stock on hand properly, how we can integrate information across all of our databases without it creating headaches for us as well. I know you're going to love it. So enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Our interview today is with Hua and Nam Pham. Hua is a pharmacist and the director of Z Software, and Nam is an IT engineer and also a director of Z Software. And Z Software aims to bring modern technology and the best of other industries' IT applications direct to you in the pharmacy. Hua and Nam Pham, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, great to have you and great to have a, uh, a physical cup of coffee. We often have virtual cups of coffee on this show, but it's great to uh, share a real one. And uh, look, absolutely fantastic and a pleasure having you on the show. I've had a number of colleagues ask me, what do I think of Z Software? And hopefully by the end of this show, uh, they'll get a good understanding, guess, what you guys are about, uh, what problems you're looking to solve, and I guess how they can get best benefits out of their dispense and point of sale systems, irrespective of what they're with at the moment. So a lot of our listeners always like to know at the beginning of these shows um, where you guys have come from. Obviously, Hua, you're a pharmacist and uh, Nam, you're an IT engineer. But uh, I guess when you thought about what you were going to do, how did you, I guess, choose pharmacy? I guess, Hua, pharmacy you're already in. But um, what were you looking to, uh, I guess, achieve and why did you get into it? So, um, as you know, I was already working in uh, community pharmacy. And um, I definitely saw that there was a um, space um, for modern technology to um, come into pharmacy. Um, 
I guess starting off in pharmacy back probably about 15 years ago now, um, looking at the software, looking at the technology that was around then, um, I noticed that it hasn't changed a great deal. So I thought it was a good opportunity for us to uh, come in and introduce um, modern technology into the pharmacy industry as I've seen the technology has been around in other industries for quite a number of years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Nam, I guess, what, what, what have you seen? You've seen a lot of the technical well, capabilities. That's what I like. Me, myself, I, I guess my background's in other industries. So I've worked in the financial kind of industry. Um, and the software there was a little bit... Well, initially, what my recollection of it was, was that uh, I thought while I was having a little bit of a whinge about the software that he was using. So, so we spent a little bit of time. I did go and have a look at some of the systems that were being used. And I do recall um, thinking there is, like, you know, there's probably a lot of space here that, you know, there's a lot of things that I've seen, you know, in my work in other industries that that is missing, I guess, um, in the software at the time. So we kind of uh, went down the path of like, hey, let's see if we can build something better. And uh, that's how it all started. Yeah. And I, and I guess uh, for our listeners, like you guys had built Dispense IT. So is that something that you've transferred across to Zen Software? Or I guess in that transition, is there some improvements that you decided to make as a result of, you know, I guess, a, a new start? Uh, yeah, basically uh, Dispense it or Dispense IT well, was only the Dispense uh, program alone. We, we did um, initially integrate with another point of sale. But now when we built our own point of sale, that's where we rebranded to Zen. So this underlying system itself, like dispense, um, dispense it or dispense IT, some people call it, um, it's basically stayed the same. But there, there were some, as we were going to update, we might, we thought we might as well do some updates to it that we really always wanted to do. Yeah. Speed a few areas up that we wanted to um, sped up, um, do a few more integrations that we wanted to do, yeah. um, and really make sure that the point of sale um, was integrated with the dispense. Yeah. Look, I guess it's always one of those key things that, you know, dispense and point of sale sits at the core of every pharmacy. And, uh, you know, uh, being on the end of the wrong type of software sometimes where, you know, it has crashed and servers have crashed and so forth, it does bring a business to its knees very quickly. And, uh, you know, getting out the old typewriter or a label maker uh, to be able to continue to dispense through and and handwriting labels is uh, never something that we want to entertain. And uh, ultimately, I guess that's some of the uh, I guess the core functionality we have to be look at in terms of if we don't have internet functionality, if we uh, don't have power. I guess how do we how do we work through all of it? But I guess for most pharmacies, you know, most will m- maintain the similar system for a period of time, and they may not change, or they may be asked to change if they change banner groups or um, different buying groups. I guess to try and get that data flow through back to head office to optimize their deals and stock and inventory systems but I guess you know why why do you feel that you know and I guess most of our listeners will feel this way as well that we haven't really changed much in the last probably 15-20 years I think we're probably you know as we found out in episode 31 with Peter Ferros it was you know we were one of the first industries to become computerised and we were were certainly aiding the productivity level of the nation back in the late 80s but probably of late in this particular space we haven't evolved as much but why do you feel that that's 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 been the case? I think I think like even myself as a pharmacist, we do uh, tend to get uh, complacent, you get comfortable basically, and um, it, it, we are in an industry that has been relatively uh, protected um, in the past, uh, so we haven't really needed to um, do much change. 
But um, everything's kind of different now. Like um, at, at this uh, point in time, uh, everyone uh, is a bit more worried. They are looking for um, other answers and that. And um, I think it's a good time to change. But I feel that um, people are just used to what they've got, and they feel that okay, if it's not if it's not broken, it's still making me money. Um, what do I need to change it for? Uh, not realizing that it could make you even more money. But um, I think this time the um, the economy at this stage, um, the whole fancy industry, it's it's had a bit of a shakeup. Uh, and I think um, a lot of people now are starting to realize that uh, yes, we do need to make a change. And I think that's um, why another reason why uh, we've come into the market um, trying to give people that that solution. Well, I guess most dispense systems in, in, I guess, their infancy were there to do compliance and record keeping um, and not really much more than that. And um, we often talk about on the show that one of the best biggest assets of a pharmacy which is underutilised is its data um, and that pharmacy systems house this tremendous amount of information that could shape and guide a store's future and the way in which it interacts with its customers or understands its customers better. But I guess when we've got these, I guess, databases that uh, probably haven't evolved for such a long period of time, uh, the challenge is always then trying to make that data usable. Um, So is that something that I guess you've seen and is it a particular challenge that you're looking to solve as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, Rob. Um, we, we do find that um, a key point um, is not only the collection of data, but being able to query that data and get that information out. It, it needs to be done uh, quickly uh, and efficiently, um, especially if the customers they're waiting. You can't um, generate something and it takes two hours to produce the information that you want, or you have to ring up um, support for them to generate the information. Uh, you need it uh, done uh, quickly uh, and timely, but also just the amount of data that you can get and, and how you can use that data. And, and that's exactly um, one of the points that we try to um, put in our software as well, is give our customers the tools to query their own data and to use it uh, accordingly to how they see fit. I guess the other industries that I've like, been involved with, um, the focus has always been on the, the customer. And I think at this this point in time, I think that is key. Like, you know, customers should be a big focal point. And I, I guess what we found lacking in, in some of the uh, older systems was the ability to actually drill into the data and find out you know, more information on their customers and who, who their customers really are. Um, so that, is one, that was one key focus for us. Like, you know, not only being able to find what product sells, but also trying to figure out who I sell to. You know, you know how, how can I get this customer back? So those kind of things. So that's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because, you know, pharmacists, when we go through university, we aren't, there's not a large focus on business and management um, and really understanding, I guess, anal, anal, analysis of data beyond, you know, analysing what medications are compatible and uh, what's likely to, you know, for our patients to get a good health result. Um, and often business is an afterthought and, you know, sometimes for some pharmacy owners, you know, the first exposure to business was actually saying, I'd like to own one day and they go through through a period of mentorship or, I guess, succession planning with an older pharmacist who teaches them everything that they know. 
day. But I guess there's always a presumption that what they're teaching them is 100% correct, which may, may not be the case. And, you know, traditionally, data is something that perhaps we were thinking that, you know, other people would utilise better than us. It might be usable for the government to determine, I guess, PBS expenditure and how we should be remunerated. I guess, you know, statistics around, you know, clinical interventions that we've seen where we provide all of that information so that we can determine our level of you know, expertise in preventing preventable medication errors and so forth to be able to, I guess, demonstrate our clinical expertise in that regard. But in terms of managing our businesses, um, you know, loyalty is always a very interesting one. I think for, for a lot of a lot of our pharmacies, we collect a lot of information in that regard. And perhaps the, the data that we've been looking at is how much it costs us <laughs> to run it um, and how much we're giving away as opposed to is that investment actually bringing people back on a more frequent basis? Is our basket size getting bigger? Are our customers having a better, more targeted experience um, as a result of it? So how do you how do you translate that for you know a pharmacy owner that really has limited expertise? And is it through a smart, intuitive interface? Um, or how do they get the best, best, I guess, out of that information that you have? Yeah, we do. We do provide a more smart and intuitive uh, interface that's um, it's very Windows Windows friendly. So um, a lot of um, mouse clicking and um, stuff like uh, that. If you basically, if you the users are used to the modern day Windows, and that they'll find it's very easy to uh, navigate. Uh, but basically, you can just choose your own filters, uh, like customer filters. And we provide a whole uh, lot of filters for people, and um, they search the the database and they can find that. Uh, um, a lot of detailed information, basically um, things like you know what kind of medical conditions they're on, um, like um, what they've purchased, what they haven't purchased, uh, stuff like that. You can get a list of all customers. Once they have the list, they can even um, directly uh, email them or print them out a letter, generate a letter that actually inserts their um, name, address, and that so it looks more personalised. It's not so just some generic uh, letter, um, stuff like that. We do provide the tools for um, our customers to. Basically, uh, do it on their own. I guess it comes down to knowing what you're looking for too and what you're looking to achieve, and it might be to understand the business better through the data as well as the anecdotes that our customers tell us when they walk through the front door, uh, but then to determine, you know, what are what are those specialisations and niches and then finding the people that uh, suit that and understand it a bit better and monitor it. But um, I guess, you know, in terms of the system, like obviously mentioned Windows and so forth, and I guess the, the general feel in most businesses, let alone pharmacy, is that most applications are transitioning to the cloud. Um, you know, is that something that you, I guess you're moving towards? I know we've just seen recently that uh, Fred are transitioning their platform to the cloud, and I guess the full rollout hasn't yet occurred, but, you know, is, is that something that you're looking at, and I guess what kind of advantages do you see that giving for giving to pharmacy? Uh, definitely, like, there are aspects of our system that are already cloud-based. Um, okay. It's not 100% cloud-based, and there is, well, there are arguments for and against, I guess. So we always, uh, anytime new technology comes along, like the cloud, cloud's been around for a while, but uh, we believe the infrastructure is getting in place in Australia for, um, it's more realistic that, you know, you, sh- you could take a cloud-based approach with something like point of sale and dispense. Uh, there's always a fear factor, I guess, like what happens when the internet goes down, uh, those kind of things that we always factor into it as well. So there are some like there are some probably modules that we believe would be more suited to the cloud, and maybe some that are 
not as suited at this point in time. Um, but something like a, like a head office, we believe that is more suited to the cloud because if, if the internet goes down or even your backup internet goes down, what is the, what is the risk there? It's, it's minimal. Like it's not like you have to do a sale at that point in time or, or anything like that. Um, at the same time, we do, we, we do definitely believe that that is the way forward as well. Um, but it has to be at the right time, I guess, in the right way. I mean, cloud, there's many different approaches to cloud and we, you know, we, we, we kind of explore, you know, we'll, we'll, anytime we explore new technology, we test out the different ways of doing it. Uh, and if there's a really viable way of doing it, then we kind of proceed. At the moment, um, we think there is for at least head office and the other ways, we, we still we still mucking around with a bit. Well, I guess what's, what are the challenges there? Like, can we actually have our dispense housed somewhere other than in the pharmacy? Um, you know, are these are we allowed to have private data warehouses that are, I guess, we're renting space from? Um, and is that a particular challenge around privacy? And is that why most systems are still on, on site? Um, in terms of privacy, I think just as long as the data is, sto- is stored within Australia, um, that, that is okay. And you've got to follow the, you know, the privacy laws, of course. Um, but if, if the data is in Australia, that's, that's one of the conditions, and that it follows you know, the security yep. um, kind of procedures. There are other challenges as well, though. Like, and you've got to, uh, when we weigh it up, we think, of what is the benefit of the cloud? And for us, it's always the, uh, the mobility, um, maybe cost at least, because it's shared resources. Yeah. Um, up in the cloud, um, and and like when we consider, I guess those things, we the challenges are well, is it going to be as quick? Uh, is it going to be as secure? Um, these are the kind of things that we you know work through. Kind of. Because I guess the major thing you know, for, for any, any pharmacist who's ever had to operate on their own is when something goes wrong um, and, you know, they're not perhaps a very IT-savvy person and their team certainly aren't and they weren't hired for their IT expertise that all of a sudden you then have that headache of having to deal with remote technical support people that may or may not be able to dial in depending on circumstances, may, may not know which wires to pull out, which things to plug in. So I, I guess it's putting the infrastructure in the place of someone who is expert right. um, rather than you know having the pharmacist manage that as another hat which uh, you know they've probably worn for too long mm-hmm. but yeah look uh, I think we're definitely uh, cloud ready um, but we need to wait until the infrastructure in Australia is actually ready to work. we do have a lot of sites that um, are still running um, even ADSL not even ADSL 2 plus and um, to query um, something like you know to, to search for a drug uh, through ADSL, I don't think would be um, fast enough, would be uh, appropriate um, enough. So um, I think at the moment, the the benefits of cloud don't outweigh um, the potential. It, it depends. Yeah, some modules maybe, some modules maybe not yet, but it's getting, you know, it, mm. whereas there was a big discrepancy, I think it's getting a lot closer, you know, where it's more achievable, you know, and it's getting there. And as it gets there, like, we'll be there, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> And you're basically talking about things like NBN, for example. That's like correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, like, there's always other alternatives. Like, people will do things like store things locally as mm. well, and you know, you query things locally before you pass up to the cloud back and forth. And, and the um, other, I guess, the other side with uh, dispensing of the cloud is, uh, especially if you're a PBS pharmacy in most states, um, and probably all states, they may definitely use as well. They won't let you um, dispense from any other location. 
unless it's the fancy um, approval numbers location, um, unless it's a private script. But um, as you know, like most most PBS pharmacies are going to be dispensing PBS scripts. Yeah. Mm. So, so these are all these factors. That's the that's the factor because um, basically, if if you go ahead and do all this, um, will most pharmacies still just dispense from that one location? Then? Because if that's the case, then what is the real benefit? Well, when we yeah, when we go um, do our research, I guess like the biggest like fear that they have is that they just won't be able to access the system, um, mm. and look, when the internet goes down, basically, that is probably one of the, the biggest challenges that they that they seem to um, need to overcome, I guess, mentally. Um, we always recommend, you know, you should have a backup internet anyway, like, you know, a wireless or, or something along those lines. So there's a couple of different things. Like, one's infrastructure is ready. The other one is actually other, other customers ready kind of for it as well, um, which, you know, uh, as you said, like, the, you know, it's kind of happening in, in other areas too, like, uh, like our accounting software, you know, it's, it's cloud-based. But again, it's not a critical thing where if it goes offline, does it? Is it a problem? And not really. That's right. Because I guess as we look, you know, you go to a cafe and they've got tablets sitting on there, they're doing their point of sale through there. And, you know, bearing in mind those environments may not have the same transaction load as perhaps a busy pharmacy, uh, which obviously has to be factored into. But having looked at some of those retail point of sale systems, they do have the ability to synchronise data, store it locally, then synchronise back up. And I suppose when we look in pharmacy, there's so many gateways that we need to talk to as well, whether it be PBS, whether it's payment gateways, um, ordering gateways, but in the end of the day, I suppose we're, we're experiencing those problems right now in that when we do have an internet outage, everything does tend to sit. Uh, we can still transact locally, but ultimately Medicare still can't see our prescriptions until that internet comes back up. So I guess it's, you know, as we're talking here, there's obviously some infrastructure issues, perhaps in terms of the speed, but perhaps also maybe some of those, you know, legislative privacy things, you know, as we're talking about accounting cloud software, they always advertise the uh, business owners sitting on the beach balancing their books. I can't see too many pharmacists sitting on the beach wanting to dispense. Um, so, perhaps, so perhaps, you know, other modules might be those most appropriate things. But, yeah, look, it's really interesting. And, look, I guess, you know, pharmacies are looking at many different things in their dispense right now. And, you know, in the last five to ten years, we've seen a lot of third parties bob up. Um, and for me, that's always perhaps represented the fact that dispense and POS weren't keeping up with what the market needed as well as what the operators needed. So I, I, I guess you, you observe that yourselves as well. But, um, you know, I guess the challenges there are, do they always interact? Integrate? Is it a seamless integration? And I guess what would you foresee as the best way of you know managing all of these additional functions that mm. we're needing right now? Bit of a mixed bag. Like some like some of the integrations uh, with other third parties have been have been great. Some haven't been as great. I guess it all depends on like uh, what they offer on their side. Like on our side, we believe because we're the ones building, we can we can link to anything. Um, but it really depends the way that they're offering the link and also. What they're proposing they solve, how well do they solve it as well? Because um, there's times where we have integrated with the system, uh, and the feedback we get sometimes is that, you know, the solution that they're providing is not that great. So in those cases, like we we always weigh up: is it better? Do we have to do this in-house ourselves? You know, we, we would if everyone built their uh, their solutions great. We we probably don't have to go in, you know, build a lot of this stuff in-house. And you know, we'd probably choose not to. Like. Um, 
but there are times if, if we if we find that the integration's not great, um, as in you know the bolt-on additions, we will basically bring it in house and build ourselves. I guess. So I guess the challenges are often sometimes, uh, as I've spoken to a lot of colleagues and seen this myself, the database structure in that, you know, quite often, you know, a, an older structure or a legacy database um, isn't compatible with the new third-party software and that it needs to be some kind of intermediary um, extraction tool or something like that. And I guess we've seen a few of those in, in pharmacy as well to be able to do that. But, you know, I guess the way in which I've always looked at it as if it was a plumbing problem you know would, would you be able to you know fix the pot from one end to the other or would you have to put an, a separate building in the middle to allow the water to pass through it doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah, yeah. so I mean there's been like we've seen same kind of thing and just the more of these intermediate things that run the more chance that things are going to break down and it's, it's what happens basically so I guess our aim is always to try to remove as many of those things as possible yep. you know and I guess when we're looking at third parties as well and all these extraction tools, um, pharmacies sometimes don't know where their data is going. Um, is, there a, is there a simple answer, I guess, for some of our listeners that are wondering, well, yeah, I know that my data is going to SMS providers, it's going to, perhaps it's going to IMS, and, you know, they're looking at, you know, the opt- I guess the optimization of their stock versus other pharmacies and giving them benchmarks and things like that, but... I guess, is there any easy answer to know, I guess, where your information is going and, I guess, what's going where so that we can, I guess, remove that additional fear of where is my data going? I think, I mean, me personally, I would, if I was running pharmacy, I would personally not allow my data to go anywhere unless um, it's disclosed to me. Like, I would ask, who has access to my data, what have they got access to and and where is it going, basically. Um, they should know. They should know that because, I mean, it is their data, you know. It's their data and they need to protect it. Uh, so. Yeah, we, we give them the option as well. Uh, we, we don't just send data to these third uh, parties. They have to, they have to agree to it. Um, it's more so because the third parties are offering the pharmacy something for it, like um, mm. graphs, analysis of their data, or, or um, you know, yeah, an SMS service or something. Or like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and I assume they, they kind of, I assume they know what's being sent out there, but as you mentioned, maybe not. Um, so they really should be... You know, well, it just seems to be there's a, there's a huge number of them right now and, uh, you know, you get presented with new dashboards that generic companies might offer you to understand, I guess, your level of substitution, where your opportunities are. So you get given a, an agreement to sign and data goes there and data goes, you know, perhaps yeah, so, somewhere I mean, else. Well, I can't speak for them, but in regards to our system, basically the owner has to be aware before they allow the integration to occur. I mean, we have settings in there. Do you allow you know, this third party to access your data? Um, check the box. Uh, it just means it's open up for that third party. If not, the, sh- the security, they, they don't have access to the yeah. data, basically. And I think the challenge might be that the majority of these types of systems don't integrate directly with the dispense and point of sale. It tends to be a separate widget that sits perhaps on the server and it's like, I don't even know what's on there. Um, and, you know, that also to me makes you think that, you know, it is better managed somewhere else other than the pharmacy mm-hmm. because, you know, most pharmacies would just think of a server as we know this drives our business, but if anything goes wrong with it, we wouldn't know where to start. And I guess it might be when a car breaks down is that you need to call someone because you're not in a position to actually fix it. So I guess, I guess the other thing that um, 
you know, interests me, I guess, in in this space, and I, I think a lot of our listeners as well, is how it can, how our core systems can perhaps unshackle us from our dispensary benches. And um, you know, we talk about a lot on this show as the future of pharmacy being a, a lot more high touch with our patients, and we're actually, you know, understanding them better by not only talking to them, but understanding their data, their conditions, and perhaps utilising some predictive clinical systems to be able to help provide better knowledge and wisdom to our patients but it does mean that we need to take that information with us to the patient and so a lot of uh, pharmacists have been looking at you know the potential of using iPhones, iPads and perhaps there's some intermediary apps that we've been looking at like Guildcare have an app now where you can record interventions and meds checks and so forth and I know it's all early stages and perhaps you know as we've seen with the evolution of the hardware ahead of the software um, we're seeing tablets that are small enough in form factor to be able to go with the pharmacist away but these tablets they're really duplicating the workstation it's not necessarily an improvement in the system is it uh, that's right. I mean, um, at the moment, our system works on, on tablets as well. So we, we do have customers that um, do use tablets. Um, they can put the dispense upon the cell and back office on there. Some uh, customers use the tablets to uh, consult with customers. So they've got the dispense program on a tablet and they can um, consult with the customer so that they, they're up face-to-face with the customer and uh, they can engage more with them, uh, spend less time in, in the dispensary. And um, the tablet also yeah, acts... Um, as a as a stock taking device, as another register, if they want. So, we, we do find that technology is pretty handy. Yeah, look, absolutely. And look, sometimes traffic flow is very hard to predict in some pharmacies. I know, you know, there's, there are pharmacies that may even, you know, in the CBD be it's dispensing or having most of their retail trade through a four-hour period during it. Mm. And uh, to be able to recruit another register or another mm. dispense terminal has tended to be a pretty hard process uh, because ultimately we've been dealing with more bulky machines. It's not simply just plug it in and away you go. Um, but I guess that's the big opportunity in those spaces with the tablets but does the functionality also extend to look obviously as we spoke about dispensing can't be done away from the pharmacy but for pharmacies that look after nursing homes and visit patients in their homes is that capability available yet where you can take your medication history with you and be able to I guess dial that up when you're with a patient in their own homes yes I mean at the moment uh, I mean they can't do that. They do uh, remotely go and access, uh, tap back into the database. But this is where uh, something like that, the module makes sense probably, you know, where something where a cloud-based solution would, you know, we would put something like that uh, as a cloud-based solution because that does make sense. Um, it's not, you're not talking about the entire dispense, you know, you're not talking about the entire uh, point of sale or anything. It's, you know, so that kind of makes sense because... At that point in time, you, you're kind of remote anyway, you're off-site. So that, this is this is um, actually one of the views of the cloud, I guess, you know, the access anywhere on any device type thing. Yeah. And have those real-time conversations because in the past, you know, from the, I guess, the early stages of medication reviews, you'd just simply be collecting information and you wouldn't be able to provide any real-time feedback or anything to a patient because you're just asking linear questions as opposed to being able to process it with any, you know, prior or clinical knowledge or you might have to print out their entire history and bring it with you and, you know, there's nothing worse than having to shuffle through a bunch of papers when when you're talking. So... 
you know, I guess I guess we're seeing an evolution of it in the fact that before we had dispensed software, we had the prescription books, and it was impossible to collate a medication history um, in, in, without querying each individual <laughs> dispense in the past. So we've seen that improve, and we've got a consolidated record now. Um, but I guess the, the next level that we're looking at here is, I guess, where eHealth sits right now, and uh, I guess there's a lot of conjecture right now that you know it's about to perhaps become an opt-out system rather than an opt-in so we've got more I guess ability for uh, patient data to be accessible uh, if they choose it to be Um, and we've got the ability through things like ERX and MediSecure to be writing our medication to those records and I guess one of the big goals of I guess what Fred have looked at is um, that universal um, medication history that you can see every dispense across multiple pharmacies and um, I guess visits as well um, so that you're not doing it blind Um, but I guess where have you seen I guess I guess all of that information is medication based there's obviously some usable usable cases around clinical information as well to be brought into the pharmacy systems but are you looking at I guess those abilities to write to the health record in amongst your systems um, or is it something that I guess it's too early to be looking at that I guess we've started we we have started looking um, we we have applied for um it's basically the integration yeah. today. I mean, it's a little bit early because we, uh, I guess as we say, like we, we always look at other third parties to see uh, where, where they're heading because we already, we do integrate with the medicine and the ERX already. Yeah. So as we're sending scripts back and forth between them, um, I guess that indicated that they probably want to take control of the, you know, the records, they will probably want to write it to the e-records. And it makes sense because, I mean, if there's only the two gateways, it makes more sense that, you know, mm-hmm. two gateways are doing it rather than every single yeah. vendor out there. So that's the approach you're taking. And I think that's where they prefer it to be headed. And we, we agree with that. We agree with that. Like, the less people that are uh, having to write to these records, probably the better because, you know, they have to follow the standards and the, you know, follow the... Basically, the, the the correct interface. So, the more parties involved, maybe more chance of error. Uh, and with the health records, it's probably one area that you don't want to make too many errors. Yeah. And I guess it's also about the evolution of that pharmacist role. And at the moment, you know, the information that perhaps is passing into those spaces are transactions, and uh, that reflects probably our remuneration um, at the moment, based purely on transaction. But you know, as we've talked about on this show with a number of different futurists, you know, everything that can be automated will be automated. Everything that can be digitised will be, um, which really only leaves the pharmacist in innate ability to you know really be able to translate the knowledge and data into some wisdom for a patient, which I don't believe any algorithm is going to do anywhere near as well as a pharmacist right now because they don't know their families, they don't know the individuals, they don't know the, I guess, all the little quirks and preferences. Um, Maybe, maybe someday, but you know, I guess it's it's about getting to that point where we're participating more on a clinical level um, rather than just you know, I guess as a lot of customers perhaps would like to simplify it, just putting out boxes and labelling them. Mm. <laughs> Definitely, I mean, I guess like we've our approach is always solution. Like you know, software should be there as a solution to anything that doesn't require humans to do. Hope we want yeah, software to be able to achieve, but something like from a clinical nature. I would trust a human any day. <laughs> yeah, well, all the old manual uh, procedures that um, basically they're no thinking, they're no thinking tasks. You know, just writing stuff uh, in old exercise books and things like that. Uh, we just want to replace all that with um, the digital world, like modern technology. 
anything that can be streamlined. 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 Basically, yeah, you don't have to do um, double entry of anything. Basically, mm-hmm. I believe that um, you should your software should enter everything in once. And um, if anything, any third party is integrated properly to it, it should translate over. You shouldn't have to enter it in the point of sale, then enter it in your dispense program, then enter it in your um, your clinical interventions recording program. I think um, you should just enter in patient once, the details once. It should translate all the information over to the other um, programs. And I think uh, that's that's a, the best way to utilize um, the modern technology. And uh, I find uh, with the single database that that really helps um, as well, especially with the integration between the dispense and point of sale. Uh, no double entry, um, no miscommunication either. It's just grabbing information from the same database. And I think with um, any third-party integration, it should um, do the same as well. Mm-hmm. And when we, as we're talking about like e-health, I think it's definitely the way forward as well. As you mentioned, like. I guess our vision is that like, with software, anything that can be automated, you know, we want should be automated, um, and let humans kind of, you know, let pharmacists do what they what they're good at. Let the pharmacists do what they're actually trained to do at uni. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Like, we weren't trained to stand behind a computer uh, punching, you know, um, <laughs> scripts all day. We were yeah. trained to speak to the actual customers. Yeah. Which is a really interesting thing is, uh, I guess, some of my older, older colleagues, and uh, they may take offence to it, so I'll apologise in advance, but, you know, it's been the way it's been done for so long that, you know, when you try to remove those boundaries of the two-and-a-half-foot step, the dispensary counter, and encourage professional service interaction, it's almost a foreign action, even though that's what we left university with the goal to do. Um, so it, it is, in a way, a full, a full circle that we need to go and all that clinical knowledge is there it's probably just dormant um, need to bring it out but I guess you know touching on that we're a very unique health professional that we are running a clinical practice but we're also running a retail business at the same time and I guess one of the biggest problems that we often face in that space is managing our stock in our inventory um, and you know what we I guess we talk about in terms of integration sometimes the integration problem is in our internal systems in that we've got separate stock databases so We've got you know a dispense database, uh, a POS database, and the stock tends to come into the POS first and may not flow into the dispense. So that you know we are still in 2015 having to go to the shelf to check how much we've actually got, rather than relying on the computer, which is a big problem um, because realistically um, those those factors should marry up. Look, obviously there's always the capabilities of shrinkage and expired stock that doesn't get entered in there, but I would have thought with a 95% confidence um, that our record's able to do that. So I guess, I guess how have you looked at stock and how did you think, well, we can do that a fair bit better? Um, look, obviously integrating it and having an integrated database is a great starting point, um, but I guess around stock, because it's something that when we do try and do it manually, we tend to stuff it up. Um, but, you know, what if we, what have you tried to do to, I guess, automate or simplify those those processes? I guess the biggest thing with us is, is the one database. Uh, so it's not actually talking to another database. The dispense is grabbing the same information as the point of sale. So uh, the stock that came into the point of sale, the dispense actually grabs that same information, uh, which which really helps because um, like less integration, less chance of error. Uh, the other thing is in the dispense, we actually also do provide uh, the tools um, to ensure that the stock in hand that's actually being handed out is correct. 
Because uh, what I noticed most, um, and being a pharmacist as well, is that um, your dispense stocks always up. A lot of the OTC uh, lines, like a lot of shop stock lines, uh, the stock and hand wasn't too bad. But our dispense was always up. And I found that, uh, one, um, the dispense and the point of sale databases weren't talking to each other very well. But two, what you actually um, hand out to the customer is not always what you dispense. Yeah. Um, for example, I mean, I could take the uh, classic example of uh, Doris 28 uh, capsules. Uh, if you dispense a Doris 28, some people will give four packs of seven. Some people will give one pack of seven, one pack of 21. Um, I know all dispense systems will default it to four packs of sevens because that's what the PBS has, has done. Uh, but that's not always the case. We do actually provide them the tools to correct that as you go along, and we also provide them the tools to um, adjust their stock in, in the dispense program while they're dispensing as well just to um, make sure that it is more accurate. Yeah, and I guess it's also the other things of when you've got scripts that are waiting at the till that haven't been paid for, whether each individual system has already subtracted it and whether that's triggered by the payment or whether it's, it sits, sits on as a level before you collect that payment, whether it's been claimed or not, if it's been rejected. Um, I know a lot of those rules influence whether the stock gets subtracted or otherwise, but I guess because we tend to then quarantine that stock into a script waiting area or a... Um, you know, might even be dispensing for a nursing home where stock may go into other places. And I guess we're starting to see now uh, WebSticker have got their virtual pill count, uh, which is where there'll be a separate stock area with all the bottles, but all of those bottles have been dispensed. And mm-hmm. it sometimes does come down to those internal processes of recognising what has stock that's been entered and what hasn't. Actually, that, that is a good point, especially the stock that you've dispensed but they haven't picked up yet. Um, so we do, we, we put our, our stuff, we do put in a, um, a list of uh, not collected yet. But then basically if the customer never collects that and you actually mark it as never collected, that actually um, will put your stock back. But then you can also mark it as the customer did collect it, which will actually not put your stock back. So uh, we do um, allow our customers the tools to uh, manage that themselves as well, just to make sure that their stock in hand um, is accurate. Yeah, and I, and I guess one that I've, I've never seen one software deal with, so I'm going to pose that one to you, broken packs. How, how, how do you handle those ones? So I guess um, when you dispense it, it does. I mean, we do have um, decimal points, like, you know, so you can't have in stock and hand 2.4 packs or something. Yeah. So um, whatever tablets you dispense, we basically just take that proportion uh, out of stock and hand. Yeah. Now it's always an interesting one, and I think every farm, every pharmacist listening has got a, a drawer or a shelf with uh, all sorts of broken <laughs> packs, and you know, whenever whenever you get that odd quantity, if you ever see your stock on hand, something point something, <laughs> yeah, look in the drawer. Then. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess one of the biggest challenges that a lot of our listeners may have faced in the past, and maybe not, is is when you do decide to change point of sale or you start afresh, whether, as we talked about, whether it might be a banner group, it might be a buying group change, but it's often something that people sometimes get wrong and it can be the brightest day in a pharmacy, it can also be the darkest day. So I guess how have you looked at that and I guess how, how in 2015 can we simplify it if needed? So, um, I myself have actually gone through a couple of um, software changes and I actually found the biggest headache um, in the dispense was actually putting uh, through all my 
your paid as other reasons. Because yeah. as you know, most of your, most of your business actually just comes from your repeat forms. So the repeat comes yeah. in, scan, scan, scan. So what uh, biggest part of our conversion was that we had to convert the repeat numbers. Yeah. So um, straight away from day one, they can still scan their old repeats. Uh, I think that's a big thing. I think um, converting the data accurately is a massive thing. Um, the dispense, but also the, the point of sale as well. Uh, all the pricing, um, all the stock and hand, all the customer, all the accounts and all that. I find anything that you miss, that's when um, it can be a very dark day, especially if it's an important piece of data. Because you want all the information from the old database to get transferred into the new one. And, and that's one thing that we have um, taken a lot of time into doing, getting as much data from the old system into the new system as possible. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess it comes down to exactly what type of pharmacy. Some may have lots of accounts, different types of accounts. It might be a patient account as well as a work cover account as well as a TAC account. So they may have, you know, multiple numbers of different types of businesses going on there as well. And I guess one, one that just jogs my memory a little bit, which, again, most systems, you know, you require an add-on, is, and it's quite topical right now, is the emergence of compounding um, and that a lot of pharmacies have had to look at alternative systems to manage compounding in their business. Is that something that is, is the same for you guys or is that, a, I guess, a module that you've looked at? Currently, it is something um, same for us as well. Uh, we have looked into um, building our own, um, our own compounding module and uh, we do believe if there's a um, market for it, if there's enough um, of our customers wanting it, um, we do believe that we will put it in uh, for them. But at the moment, it is, um, they do still use a third party. Um, compounding program. Yeah, yeah. Look, in in a lot of businesses, it can be, you know, just another business within the business and it's treated that way. And again, that's sometimes what can play havoc with with stock systems and that you've got Mm. stock for one sector of your business isolated from another. Um, But, you know, to get that stock take figure, which, you know, some pharmacies may have external stock takers come in um, and they're getting the file from the POS, not from a separate system Mm. as well. That's Mm. where you can obviously you know, run into run into problems, and I, I suppose one of the other things that you know a lot of pharmacies really do, I guess, struggle with sometimes is that when you do get a new system, it really is full on hands on. You get lots of training initially, but then that tends to fall off, and often, often as we see in pharmacy, potentially with the younger staff members who come in for a couple of years being pharmacy assistants, and they move on, and we have a turnover of staff. There's that retraining. Um, I guess, how have you approached that? Is, is, uh, it's very hard to put you on the spot and say, is it an easy system to use? But I guess there's always going to be things that people need to learn. Um, and how, how do you look at training um, as far as getting pharmacies up and running pretty quickly? I guess what we try to do is uh, make our software as uh, intuitive as possible. Um, we do find using modern um, technology, it does help a lot with that. Um, in terms of training, uh, we do send um, trainers out and... I actually do make sure that our trainers have actually had experience in pharmacy as well. So most of the times we will actually send out a pharmacist uh, to do the training. I find that um, with the questions that they get asked, um, they're more pharmacy related rather than um, a lot of uh, tech stuff and they can speak to them in a more um, pharmacy related manner as well. Yeah, on the software stuff, we just try to make the system like uh, as configurable as possible also. Um, the reason we do that is because if they are you know, familiar with a particular workflow, we just try and make sure that they can configure it in a way that will mimic what they are used to. Yes. 
And I guess that can include things like SIG codes, for example. Mm-hmm. Some people have right. you know particular quirks That's and right. things, and some will use them more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, some may have a, a list as long as their arms. Some may only use a couple. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I guess it comes down to that. But uh, I guess I guess in, in across d- Dispenser and also you know Z Software, if you come across any pharmacies that have, have really nailed, I guess all of the functionality that they can get out of the system, because I think for most pharmacies we underutilize the power of that POS and dispense but I guess can you think of any examples where you've seen pharmacies really nail it and utilise it well Um, and and what have you noticed that they've done differently than other pharmacies perhaps? I guess I guess that is a hard question because um, not every pharmacy does actually use every single function but uh, we put in a lot of functions because uh, one pharmacy we use one lot and another pharmacy we use a lot, another lot and, and so on. But um, so far, I, I don't think I actually have seen a pharmacy that has used every single um, functionality uh, in it. Well, I guess, I guess maybe to preface that, has, it has been able to significantly improve the running of their business because of you know, the fact that they've utilised those yeah. functions that were relevant to that business. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. We've, uh, we've got a few... Um, Sites and um, some of these sites do um, the way that their business is run is a little bit different than um, other pharmacies as well. So they really uh, love the idea that they can uh, tailor, like they can customize um, their own layouts, their own uh, design, and things like that to suit their their business's uh, needs. And they do find it's a, a lot more efficient. It has saved them a lot more time, which effectively saves them a lot more money as well. Uh, so we definitely have. Um, few of them around. Okay. No, that's cool. And okay, I guess to I guess throw it open a little bit as we always tend to look towards the future in, in pharmacy, but I suppose if we if we just take away some of the biggest barriers that we tend to encounter when it comes to technology, and that tends to be all around time and understanding, but perhaps also resources being people and financial, I guess what would you love if you got your crystal ball out to, uh, and I'll ask this one together to you, uh, is what would you love to see implemented in pharmacies today? And I guess what would be the biggest game changer for them, do you think? Mm. Tough question, Rob. <laughs> I think um, we did touch upon that cloud stuff. Cloud now. stuff yeah. the, the reason why I keep mentioning this cloud stuff, um, I keep mentioning it and I'm really excited about it, but we, we kind of restrain ourselves to only implement it in certain modules. Um, and our plans are that way too. But if things were... You know, it depends how uh, the landscape changes a bit, but we would love to probably see not uh, 100% cloud-based system, but not just a cloud-based system. When I say cloud-based, like I guess web-based, web-based as well, like a fully you know browser-based system, which is just compatible across all devices. Um, that would probably be, be something that would actually be you know would be proud to have. Um, we just don't think we're you know we're quite there. Like as in the infrastructure is quite there. Customers are quite ready for it either at this stage, uh, but it, that is a dream that we do have. Um. Well, I guess, as we said, if it brings the pharmacist into a, I guess, a, a more highly usable role that they're more familiar in that clinical role as opposed to, you know, one system that's enabling them to throw off all of the additional hats that really don't quite fit them, um, you know, I think, you know, that, that's, you know, a great, a great case for using that. And, um, you know, I guess the metric for that might be the amount of time we spend with our patients, perhaps. And if it keeps rising and rising, it must mean that our systems are working better and better. 
Definitely. Uh, brilliant. Um, Clara and Nam, it's been great having you on the show. We uh, look forward to following your journey, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, and inviting you back in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for having us, Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. Well, as we so often talk about, dispense and pos systems are right at the core and the heart of every pharmacy business. Everyone has one, but are we getting the best value from them and are we getting the best functionality as well as our, as our dynamic duo told us today? So many key learnings, but as always, we pulled out the best three. I probably could have had five or six, but I've done my best to get the top three. The first one is Cloud computing will mean less IT in the pharmacy. I know that's a pretty easy one and it's a given, but we explored today as to what's going to make that possible. Clearly, there's some infrastructure that we've got to get right before we can go full bore with it, and that may be linked to our internet speed and hopefully an NBN that is worthwhile for every business in Australia moving forward, as I'm sure a lot of our overseas listeners have already got this kind of speed. So if you've got some cloud technology working in your pharmacy and you're not in Australia, I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to know what benefit you're receiving from that as well and how it's working. There are clearly also some privacy issues. As we spoke about, we can only dispense in-store. But then again, why would we want to be doing it anywhere else? But ultimately, there's a number of modules that would be very useful, as we discussed as with Hua and Nam, in terms of being able to do it at home. We may be doing medication reviews and being able to refer to a dispense history from a tablet PC rather than having to print it out and take all that information with us retrospectively and not have real-time information. But ultimately also, it gives us a better customer focus. As we focused on with a number of other industries in terms of where point of sale has probably revolved and gone past us in terms of functionality, it always comes back to that customer focus. And ultimately, pharmacist's best expertise is always going to be around the clinical. And really, that's going to drive us to our second key learning, which is around integration. As we've seen, and it's probably the best indicator that our POS and dispense systems haven't met our requirements, is we've seen a huge proliferation of third-party applications, whether that be gateways to other systems, whether it be other third-party applications to present our information in mobile applications, SMS reminders, a lot of these providers that we've already spoken to on this show, like Health Notes, MedAdvisor, Senderscript, which is coming up very soon, a lot of these applications are going to require a direct interface to our database. But ultimately, that data needs to be flowing freely and without transcription errors and extraction errors. We need to know exactly how it's being treated so we can look at it and make sure it doesn't cause us any hazardous issues moving forward, both from a privacy point of view as well as an operational point of view. There's nothing worse than telling a patient, go and use an application when it doesn't flow through accurately. So it's really important and really that can be solved in an internal and external level. And as we come back to, it's all about the database and the quality of the data. And if it's not quality, the database isn't a good structure from the beginning of the system, whether that be dispense or pause, you're going to run into issues. So it gives us a lot of opportunity to ring out inefficiencies as far as whether functions are automated, non-automated, and also that data access as well, and what we're going to do with it. You know, the integration gives us great opportunities, particularly when it's paired with 
good internal information like loyalty information. As Hua was talking about, it can allow us to provide a very targeted local area marketing campaign around a particular medical condition that we've noticed through the data as well as the anecdotal evidence that is is very proliferated and obvious in our communities as well. So we need to be able to zero in on these trends, but as pharmacists, we're not data engineers, we're not analysts, we need to have the skills and the insights to be able to understand our communities better. And that's where a really good point of sale system can give us that opportunity either directly or as a springboard into some of these external systems. The third key learning is around high touch interaction. So realistically, what that's going to mean is that we're gonna be closer to our patients moving forward. And I think the best indicator that we can take away from that is that high touch interaction will mean our systems are working perfectly and are in sync with what we need as pharmacists. If we can maximise our time with our patients but still remain highly profitable and highly engaged with our community, then it means that our technology has met our expectations, but more importantly, our community's expectations, which is really what we need to be striving for. We can't afford right now where we've been faced with so many external and internal challenges to be settling for something that we was usable 15, 20 years ago. We need to be demanding more. There's a whole range of functions available to us, which a lot of other industries are getting great gains out of. We just need to be looking at that and demanding it from our providers as well. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got a big interview coming your way next week, which is James Gold from Methsoft. And if you've ever been in a position like I have, and I'm sure many of you have as well, of looking at that DD book, looking at all the scripts that have to be entered in, reconciling them, doing the correct and check every single day, and thinking there must be a better way, they have a fantastic solution for us to learn next week. I know you're going to love it. If you've loved this week's episode, leave a comment in the show notes. I read and respond to every single one of them. And our guests like Nam and Hua today are also happy to respond to your questions individually as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.